This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Sorry. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. Forget it. I got my deuces up. Neither are the Catholic hospitals. (laughs) Already. That's right. That's right. That's right. So if you were just tuning in, you are wondering why we are so belligerent and delirious. It's because Selena is too sick to reel me and Alyssa in so we can do whatever we (laughs) want. That is exactly correct. Like we did Friday. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. But um, Selena got so mad, we're not going to talk about Friday yet. Anyways, guys. If you're just tuning in, this is Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, The Voice of Harlem. We talk about politics, social issues, and all the things you care about, except for Iggy Azalea, because she's irrelevant. And if you're wondering who I'm here with, I'm here with Selena, the goddess, Hill, and also award-winning journalist, but we'll get to that later, along with Alyssa, mother-loving Queen Fuchs, also award-winning journalist, but we'll get to that later as well. And super lawyer. Super duper lawyer. And because she's a super duper lawyer, she's going to have a field day when I tell you what we're talking about today. And I'm not going to jump right into the story, because why would I do that? There's no fun in that thing. But let's just say that I was a, um, hmm. I was a banker and you came to me to get help with your finances and I controlled all of your money. And one day you said, oh, my goodness, I had a family emergency. I need to take out ten thousand dollars right now. So you go to the bank. You say, I need to talk to Stanley right now. And they bring you to me and you say, Stanley. And I go, what's up, Miss Deborah? And you go, I need ten thousand dollars from my account right now. And I say, Miss Deborah, I know you need this because it's an emergency. And if you don't get this money, you're going to lose your house. But nah, I can't give it to you. And you go, why? And you go, because this bank right here, it's the bank of the base God. And in our religion, we just don't accept money. We don't, we don't let people withdraw more than $500. Why? Because that's what our religion believes. Our religion believes that you can only take out so much money and you only need this amount of money to be happy in life. Anything more than that is evil. And I'm making all this up, guys, just to be clear about that. As far as like what this religion believes, there's no such thing as a base God religion, but there is a base God, little B. But anyways, this is what I say to you. Would that be fair? Would that be right? You'd probably look at me sideways. And because Miss Deborah has read me a time or two on air and off air, I know she'd give me a piece of her mind and tell me that there's no way you're going to tell me what I can and can't do with my money. You're a bank. You had to give me my money. Makes no sense. Would that make sense to you guys? No. Wow, look at that. Very strong resounding nose. Exactly. It wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't be fair. It wouldn't be right. You take your money from that bank. Well, guess what? One out of six hospitals across the United States of America are actually doing this. Not the money thing, not the bank thing. Stay with me, guys. With your health. So, depending on if you want something for, I don't know, want to get your tubes tied, if you want to get an abortion, if you're having a miscarriage, things like this, and you want to like just like... Had the baby getting, had the baby taken out because of that because the baby's going to die it's a miscarriage they're saying no we cannot help you because of our hospital has some very strict policies around this because of our religion and who's doing this what hospitals are doing this religious hospitals so Catholic hospitals um Pentecostal hospitals or whatever other hospitals you have where religions are tied to it and Selena's saying shaking her head no because apparently she doesn't agree with me mostly Catholic hospitals yeah. mostly Catholic hospitals but I don't want to put them on that boat because there are other religion hospitals religious hospitals. All right, Selena, 
Yeah. But anyways, wow. but no, like they're the ones that are doing this, and because of this, we are having a situation where countless of innocent and w- innocent women are being put through horrible situations, horrendous situations. And before we begin, I just want to share one story with you right now. And her name, and this is from a patient. Her name is Tamisha Means, and she was 18 weeks pregnant with her third child when her water broke. And as you know, 18 weeks is way too early for your water to be breaking. She rushed to the nearest hospital, which is operated by Mercy Health Partners in Muskegon, Michigan. Because she was only 18 weeks along, the pregnancy was not viable. Ending the pregnancy would have been the safest course of action, but the hospital's religious policies forbade it, so they gave Tamisha two Tylenols and sent her home without telling her that there was virtually no way she could give birth to a healthy baby. When she returned the next morning, she was bleeding in severe pain and showing signs of an infection. Again, she was turned away. Even after she returned a third time in excruciating pain, the hospital staff began filling out the discharge paperwork. It was only when Tamisha began to deliver that hosp- deliver the baby that hospital provided care. The baby died within hours. So at this point, we're not talking about a situation where someone is saying, well, hey, hospital, um... I'd like to have an abortion at 25 weeks in for a healthy baby. No, this is a situation where a woman was in severe pain. The baby was going to die. We knew this at at the point that she got to the hospital. And at this point, you could either have a, an abortion for her health and her, for her own safety, or you can let things get worse just so she can deliver the baby and you could feel good or the hospital could feel like it was following some cardinal rule from some book that some group of men wrote a thousand years ago. And that is what we're facing today. So in this conversation, we're going to have a talk about why these hospitals do these things. We're going to talk about the lawsuit that the ACLU has towards these hospitals, particularly Catholic hospitals. And then we're going to ask the question, and we want you guys to be engaged and say, how much should religion, how much freedom should religion or religious institutions have in relation to people's health, their money, and their own safety? Because right now, this is the situation we have here. And if you're lucky, I have two more stories that will mess up your day even more. But before before we get to all those things, the first thing I want to ask you guys are for your reaction. So I know I had a chance to read this and I was very upset. So I want to see where you guys came from, um, particularly Tamisha, just in case you guys hadn't had a chance to go through it. Selena? Yeah. So, you know, I had a chance to read some of these horrifying stories. Again, they're all listed on the ACLU uh, website because the ACLU report talks about how these women were going through complications while they were pregnant and they needed a medically induced abortion in order to some of them in order to survive It put their health at risk and it put their lives at risk. But they were turned away. I mean, it was just mind-blowing. Number one, abortion is legal in our country. Any woman has the right to get an abortion. That's number one. Number two, as a medical doctor, I just don't see how that can, you know, I mean, we talk about conscious and having morale, and they're saying, oh, you know, it's wrong for us to um, provide abortions. But how can you as a doctor refuse to give an abortion knowing that this patient's life will be at risk? I think, I mean, you mean, we talk about conscious and morale. Doesn't that sit on your conscience? Um, just want to go to Alyssa, but before we do, I want to plug the number, guys. So if you want to call in with a question or a comment, give us a call at 212-650-6903. Again, that is 212-650-6903. Or tweet us at BeHerd underscore radio. Politically preposterous. We're always waiting for your comments. Shall holler at us. Alyssa? Yeah, so, I mean, and just to add on to that, not just the abortion. One of the, one of the stories that I was reading that Stanley may get to uh, later on in the show, but even if he doesn't, is about a woman who went in. She gave 
gave birth and um, she had some complication. They had to do a C-section and she said to the doctor, I want you to do to tie my tubes. I've already had three children. When you go in there to do the C-section, I want you to tie my tubes. Um, you know, she they put her under, they, you know, like under anesthesia. She went under anesthesia with the impression that when she came out, uh, not only would she have the C-section, but she would also have her tubes tied. Well, it turns out that they didn't actually do the tubal ligation because that hospital didn't believe in that medical procedure, which isn't an abortion. And then she ended up getting pregnant again, and she had no idea why or how she could have gotten pregnant because she was under the impression that she had had the tubal ligation. And the hospital and the doctor never told her that they didn't perform the procedure um, for religious purposes. So that's another another example. But uh, to get back to your initial question about reactions, when I first read this last weekend, it was Sunday. I was on the train. It was after Mother's Day. I was coming home. I happened to be going through my Facebook newsfeed, and I saw one of these vignettes come up from the ACLU, and I started to read it. And it wasn't the one uh, that you just read. It was actually one of the other ones that they had published before this one, though I ended up going to read all of them afterwards. And immediately, I just was like, wait, this is appalling. Like, this isn't women seeking an abortion, even at, you know, even not at, even at 25 weeks or, or at, at 10 weeks, at five weeks or at 25 weeks. This isn't somebody who's like saying... I want to terminate this pregnancy because I want to. Even if it was, you know, that's a, we've had many discussions about choice, so I don't want to get into that. This is somebody who's literally having some medical issue, whether they're in the, in the midst of a miscarriage or they're told that their water broke and there's no chance of the, the fetus surviving. I mean, that woman, had she have not had those other complications and gone back, she would have ended up carrying this fetus to term that probably would have been born dead or would have been born alive, but would have died within hours after being born alive. So, I mean, literally you're you're telling somebody that they have to carry a fetus to term for nine months that's not going to survive. So these are medically necessary abortions and other medical necessary procedures. After that, I called my sister, who's in nursing school right now, and she wants to go into specifically labor, delivery, and midwifery. She said, like, this is a 100% appalling to the thousandth level. And she pointed me, of course, to the Hippocratic oath that doctors and nurses take, which is do no harm. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, when you talk about morals, how can you square your morals and your ethics as a medical professional to do no harm with this idea that you would harm these people by denying them, them care? So I want to go back to you, Alyssa, again, because you just mentioned this um, ethical thing that they mentioned, the do no harm. So by refusing or yeah, by pretty much refusing to like perform these procedures because of religious beliefs or because of the hospital's religious beliefs, are these doctors in danger of losing their certification or being penalized in any way? So, you know, that's an interesting question uh, that I actually really don't know the answer to off the top of my head. I'd have to look into it. I mean, they're in, they're potentially risking getting sued. Um, I would think, though, that in certain cases, some of these violations would rise to the level of actually being the kind of malpractice that you would lose your license. But that also depends on how the medical board is squaring religious beliefs with Mm -hmm. these procedures. So the, the medical board I've only looked into the civil law as it applies, um, you know, like federal laws that regulate hospitals. What I haven't looked into is the type of laws that specifically regulate medical doctors. So I don't know off the top of my head if there's some religious exception. Mm -hmm. But I definitely think that's an interesting thing that that I can look into. And we could always, you know, even though it won't be today, that's definitely something we can provide you maybe an answer to uh, on a show in in a coming week. Thank you. And I know somebody wants to go next, but I just, just want to point out the reason I asked that question is because there was a nurse who helped 
at a ho- at a hospital where like they deny like these kind of like like abortion procedures and so on and so forth. She helped the patient with her abortion because the lady, the patient had had a miscarriage and she helped with that abortion and she lost her certification. And it was a story I just saw um, earlier this week on um, Think Progress. So that's the reason I asked that question because if you can lose your certification for what I think, what I personally think was the right thing. How, like, does the same thing count for when you refuse to do the work because of this religious belief? Well, you know, I will put this out there. If we have any medical professionals listening to this show, any nurses or doctors that may actually be able to answer this for us because they're familiar with this, you could definitely give us a call, 212-650-6903, tweet at us, beheard underscore radio, or leave me a comment on Politically Preposterous. If somebody could clear this up for us now, that would be great. Yeah, so thank you so much for that, Alyssa. And guys, we have a lot to talk about, but in case you've just tuned in, this is Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, The Voice of Harlem. What I want to talk about now is we always talk about the role of religion and, and in a country and how you shouldn't impede your religion on other people. But what you have right here is a space where these religious institutions are now combining with what I think is a public necessity in hospitals to provide services and then are picking and choosing what services that they want to provide. So how is it that we've gotten to a space now? And this is more so of an opinion question guys because obviously none of us have like all the information in the world in this but how is it that we've gotten to a space where there are so many religious institutions that are running these hospitals is this the way that we've started or is this just something is it like money to be made over here because technically hospitals are non-profit what's happening here selena well i mean the catholic church has always been really big into charity and donating and giving back and i think that you know i commend them for starting so many hospitals as a way to you know help communities and you know i I get that you know we're really looking at this from a critical lens it doesn't seem right and it doesn't seem moral for them to refuse women um a necessary medically necessary abortions but i think that you know if you look at it from their perspective they really don't believe in, you know, ever stopping like a, a, or, or taking a child out of a woman's um, stomach if that child still has a heartbeat. Yeah. So, I mean, and I think that maybe for some of the doctors, it is morally conflicting because, you know, as somebody like as a Christian, it's it's hard for me to even like see certain things or do certain things because like I'm like, OK, this is in my mind or in my heart. It seems wrong. Yeah. Obviously that I, I, I don't prescribe to. Um, Catholicism Mm -hmm. and I don't necessarily like interpret the Bible the way they do Mm -hmm. Um, but I can understand from a certain degree how their religious beliefs are conflicting even when it comes to their practice of work and their profession. I'm going to call an audible because I'm really appreciative of you saying that Selena. So how do we draw that line between giving someone space to like follow like behind their religious oath and how they feel and what's important to them because knowing you personally selena i do know there like there are certain things because of like the way you feel in your relationship with god that you would not feel comfortable doing and like i would and i like drinking (laughs) yeah okay oh really Hmm. anyways we're not gonna throw her under the bus i'm gonna just sip this hennessy so um what i will say though like there are certain things and like i try to make sure that like i'm respectful of those things but even you draw a line and like are cognizant that Alyssa and I are very secular. So how do we draw that line, Alyssa? Well, I mean, here's the way I look at it, which is you, uh, if you're a medical professional, you have religious beliefs, you're entitled to those, whether you work at a Catholic hospital or not a Catholic hospital. Um, and you are per- you, you're personally entitled to any of your religious beliefs you want. But when your religious beliefs cross that line where you now start per- denying people necessary medical treatment, then that becomes a, an intolerable moral line that you can't cross. And so and in that 
place, if, if that's the position that you want to be in, then you have to question yourself like, okay, is this the job that I should be in, right? Yeah. I mean, there are definitely medical jobs that these people could be in that wouldn't have to require them to make these types of decisions, you know? Yeah. If you're not comfortable with this kind of thing, if you're very religious and you don't, then don't work in an ER, don't yeah. work in an emergency department, you know, work as a dermatologist, work as, you know, some other type of physician that doesn't, that never would encounter this scenario. But if you're not going to be able to provide necessary medical care that is could put a woman's life at risk then this is then you have to really question whether or not this is the job that you should be performing and like i said there are plenty of jobs as medical professionals that don't touch upon labor and delivery and issues of reproduction at all so that's my feeling on it that's where we draw the line there's nothing that stops you from being a religious being religious and being a medical provider but you also have to realize that you know if your religious obligations are going to put you in a position where you're going to deny somebody necessary care, then you really have to rethink whether or not that's a position that you should be practicing medicine in. Right. And and I think, you know, when it comes to the law, um, under federal law, you do have to provide the necessary health care to keep somebody uh, alive. Absolutely, which I I think we're going to be taking a quick break soon. But when we come back, um, I definitely can give you some more information on what's called EMTALA, which is the the Emergency Medical Treatment and Active Labor Act. That's actually the law that the ACLU is going to be is bringing some of these lawsuits under, um, arguing that the hospitals are actually violating this law by not providing. Right. This medical treatment. So, um, you know, that that that's definitely um, one way that we can look to try and enforce these laws or I'm sorry, not even enforce the law uh, is get these hospitals to comply with the law. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll delve more into this issue of the law and what the ACL is doing through their lawsuits. We are back on Let's Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, The Voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz with Alyssa Fuchs and 60% of Selena Hill because she is under the weather. Please send her tweets of condolences and nice words because she is too weak to control me and Alyssa. So we at full <laughs> ignorant levels. And the conversation we're having today is about how religious institutions, particularly religious hospitals and Catholic hospitals, are using their power under their religion to not provide certain services to patients, in particular abortion care, um, tubology, or just tube ties, as most of us know. And before we went on a break, we were just talking about like how like they fit into these spaces. And while I do want to get into the law and the lawsuit that we're going to that the um, ACLU is going to be filing, I wanted to share with you one Has other filed. story. Has filed. Thank you very much. One other story that um really kind of like touched my spirit just a little bit. And this is from Mindy. So Mindy Swank and her husband were thrilled to learn that they had had a second child on the way. Their joy quickly dissipated, however, when Mindy's water broke prematurely at 20 weeks and they learned through testing that the fetus, because of health conditions, could not survive. Waiting for Mindy's body to complete the miscarriage on its own could expose her to infection and hemorrhaging. Nevertheless, in accordance with the directives in the Catholic Hospital in Illinois, where Mindy had received the genetic testing, they would not perform an abortion while there was still a fetal heartbeat. For nearly two weeks, Mindy struggled with an emotional strain of continuing a pregnancy when she knew her baby could not survive. That's torture, people. And then one morning, she woke up bleeding. 
In a panic, Mindy and her husband rushed to their local hospital to ask them to complete the miscarriage, but that hospital also adhered to the directives and refused to induce labor. Mindy returned to that hospital multiple times over the next five weeks and was repeatedly turned away without even being told that she could get the abortion if she went elsewhere. Finally, when she was 27 weeks pregnant and severely hemorrhaging, they induced labor. The baby died shortly after delivery. Let me tell you guys something. In places, especially in the Midwest, 40% of the hospitals are run by Catholic institutions. So what you're hearing right there with Mindy, the, the first hospital she was going to have labor at, that was a Catholic institution, so she couldn't get the abortion there. She went to her local one. It was still Catholic. You could be in a situation where there's no other option, so you have to carry this fetus to term even if it's dead. Yeah, no, actually, that's a great thing. Uh, you know, when I posted about this earlier in the week before I get into the law, uh, somebody wrote, why didn't they just go to a different hospital? And that seems like a really common sense question. But the answer is, as you point out, in some situations, the only hospitals within the area where these women are are Catholic hospitals. Um, and so they don't really have the option to just go to another hospital. In other situations, their medical doctor that they've picked out, who maybe isn't religious, has admitting privileges somewhere. And the place where their doctor has admitting privileges is a Catholic hospital. So when they go to visit their OBGYN at their doctor's office, they don't have any issues. But the minute they have an emergency and they have complications, they need to be admitted somewhere. They have to be admitted where their doctor has the admitting privileges, and this may be a Catholic hospital. Then they're literally, their own physician may say, this is the treatment you need, and the hospital may say, yeah, we're not going to do that. Yeah. You know what's funny about this, though? And I'll, get, I'll talk about it a little bit Nothing. more in my closing. Nothing. They probably don't it. have any problems giving vasectomies or penis enlargements. You know, I, I don't know. That would be speculative. But my guess is that they probably wouldn't because it has nothing to do, in theory, with life or death of what they consider to be viable human cells something along those lines. Um, So, you know, just to give you a little more breakdown of the law and the lawsuit, you know, unfortunately, we we were trying to get somebody from the ACLU here today. We were in touch with them, but they were really, really busy. Obviously, they're just they're a very busy organization. They were not able to get somebody on today. But I did some research so that I can give you kind of an idea of what they're doing. Of course, I definitely direct you to their website to get more information and to read the report. Um, But so this idea that in an emergency, even a Catholic hospital will provide abortion services. Is actually a huge myth. Um, but this misconception exists for a reason, and the reason is because they're actually violating federal law by not providing the abortions um, or the medical services. I don't want to, like I said, um, this is not just abortions. And when I say abortions, I mean medically necessary ones, um, yes. as we've talked about, not like I'm just going to Planned Parenthood, I'll, you know. Um, I'm making this choice to turn. And there's nothing wrong pregnancy. with that either. And that, right, exactly. Um, so this mis- misconception actually exists because both medical ethics and federal law prohibit hospitals from demi- denying emergency care. As I brought up earlier, the Amer- the emergency. I always want to say American, but it's not. It's the Emergency Medical Treatment and Active Labor Act, or. E-M-T-A-L-A-M-T-L-A requires that all hospitals that receive Medicare funds, which include virtually every hospital in the United States, and operate an ER department, provide stabilizing treatment to patients experience medical, uh, emergency medical conditions. EMLA 
prohibits such hospitals from transferring or discharging patients who are unstable, except in extremely narrow circumstances. In addition, the Medicare and Medicaid conditions of participation requirements similarly require that hospitals meet their patients' emergency needs. So the ACLU has been going around collecting numerous stories of women, some of which we have read. We may read one or two more uh, if we can get to it throughout this segment of women being denied emergency medical care at Catholic hospitals, and more of these stories are emerging from day to day. Taken together, the cases raises serious concerns about the systematic denial of emergency care. Uh, in one instance, um, in back in 2010, St. Joseph's Hospital and Medical Center in Phoenix, Arizona, actually provided a life-saving abortion to a young mother of four. Um, they did the right thing because she was in uh, her health and her safety was in danger. Unfortunately, um, they got a huge backlash from the Catholic Church, and they the Catholic Church actually put St. Joseph's Hospital on notice that they were going to be losing Catholic funding if they did something like this again, even in a medical emergency, putting the hospital in a position between violating federal law or potentially losing their funding from the Catholic Church because of not following these directives. Um, in fact, uh, there, you know, the federal agency, which is the Center of Medicare and Medicaid Services, um, they actually held, they hold hospitals accountable for these violations. They penalized St. John's Hospital in 2012 in Michigan for denying a woman who was having a miscarriage treatment because of the directives. The woman had to be driven by a family member to another hospital where she needed an emergency surgery and she lost seven pints of blood. Her eight hours later, um, her her baby died. Um, and in addition, the ACLU also just brought, as we mentioned, a lawsuit against Trinity Health Corporation, which is one of four of the largest Catholic health systems. So a health system is uh, an entity that runs many, many hospitals. Um, uh, as Selena and I both know, we both have parents that work for a health system. Um, so uh, anyways, they're one of the largest Catholic health systems in the country. They are being sued for repeated and systematic failures to provide women's uh, suffering pregnancy complications with medically indicated emergency abortions as required under federal law. Well, I'm glad that you did give a breakdown of that law. I wanted to mention that this is not the first time that the ACLU has addressed this issue or even went to file a lawsuit. They really? lost a lawsuit last year. Really? Um, and Yeah, they did. And basically the judge ruled in favor of the Catholic Church and basically um, their lawyers who said that they do not have to provide abortions because it is against their religious beliefs. I mean, obviously, the terminology and the way that they um, frame this issue and the rhetoric mm. they use is basically like, I don't want to do this. If a baby has, the way they, they would say it, like, if a baby has a heartbeat, if a baby is living, then they believe there is actually no, there is there is nothing that would, um, there is no medical procedure or health issue that would force an abortion. All right, so I'm gonna, I have a question. I want to just audible again, and this time I'm going to throw it to you, Selena, and I'll get to you as well, Alyssa. But I want to really want to touch on Selena for this because I think she is kind of the um, I call it the fork in the road in relation to like the point of view on this, and I think you give a really good perspective from the religious point of view. Um, so my question for you is now: Do you think we should be pushing for legislation that would defund these? hospitals like not get them federal funding if they refuse services like this so not like for all abortions but like life like life-threatening procedures that are necessary to protect um a patient do you think that we should be taking away that funding if they refuse to do things like this the answer to that for me would be no because i think that they you know obviously this is a huge issue but they 
I mean, if would you say forty percent of all hospitals in the Midwest are run by Catholic hospitals? Yeah. Like, if we defund them, where are people going to go if they have a sinus infection, like I think I had, or they have um, a staph disease or something? I mean, yeah. I think that if we defund these hospitals, it's going to hurt a lot of people, and it's going to leave us in a predicament that may be more harmful than helpful. I mean, I get it. You're saying that we need to take it to the extreme in order to make um, Catholic hospitals um, concede and work under federal law but i think that's a little too extreme so i'll say this i'll say 40 percent in the midwest one in six in the, in the entire united states so that's a very good point selena if you guys are listening call in we want to hear from you the number is 212-650-6903 again that is 212-650-6903 or tweet us at beheard underscore radio Alyssa, i think what's so hard about that is because like you know there's you talk about the Constitution, but these are not public hospitals. These are private hospitals. So, you know, it, it's not like you can say this is the government infringing on people's beliefs. So, like, you, you, the Constitution sort of drops out of that. And then what you're just dealing with is federal law. And we already know there's federal laws that tell them that they're supposed to do this. And yet we still have judges. And, and just to address... Um, what Selena said, depending on where you bring a lawsuit, you may win or you may lose, because if you get a judge in the South or in the Midwest that is religious and is conservative, that judge may agree with the hospital. Whereas if you bring a very similar lawsuit in uh, the Northeast, you may get a decision uh, in favor of the the you know the, the patient, the victim that's been harmed. Um, but to just your question directly, um, there is already laws that tell hospitals they have to do this. I just, I don't know, I agree. I don't know if we should defund them, because they do provide so many other health services mm-hmm. to these, uh, you know, to other people in the communities for a variety of other health reasons. But there has to be some way to hold these hospitals accountable. Um, and, you know, obviously a lawsuit is one way to do that, which still, if you lose a lawsuit, that's still the hospital having to pay millions of dollars back to this woman. But, you know, this is like a, it's a really hard issue is like, how can we pass legislation to effectuate this if the penalty is going to be a fine, right? I mean, then the other thing you can say is, okay, well, we could, and and people may can agree or disagree with this, and I'll open this up to the floor, which is, we can say, if you're, we can say instead of the medical hospital, if you're a medical provider and you don't do this, then you could be violating criminal laws. And then we could say, well, okay, the hospital's not going to lose any funding, but if if you're going to say, I'm not going to provide this procedure because it's a violation of the hospital's religious directives mm-hmm. um, and the patient, the woman dies, then you should be charged under criminal law for that woman's death. Well, you at know? the same time, wouldn't you be impeding on their religious, like on their religious freedom at that point? Who's That's what they would freedom. argue. Yeah, like exactly what if they would you argue. like put some criminal charges on somebody for like refusing to do a service because of their religion, aren't you impeding on their religious freedom? Well, at that uh, point? no, because this goes back to the same thing we talk about all the time. Like, if you open yourself up to the public, then you don't have the right to, to put your religion. Like, this is like the lunch counter conversation, yeah. right? People were like, "Oh, well, we can't serve black people at the lunch counter because it violates our religious beliefs." And basically, mm-hmm. what they said in the Civil Rights Act, you know, back in the '60s, was, was no. If you open yourself up as a public business, then you don't get to pick and choose who you get to serve you know if not then you don't get to be opened up as a public business so i say the same thing is like you guys are yes you're a catholic hospital and you're allowed to have your religious beliefs but you're opened up to the public you're providing a public service you're a hospital you're expected to be provided care if you can't do that 
then like, no, I'm sorry. Like, you know, and then, you know, what? we should take and you know what? Fine. You know what we should do? Take that money that the federal government is giving to those hospitals. Use it to build secular hospitals that are not going to have this issue. That's what I was going to ask, because the reason we have so many Catholic hospitals is because we don't have enough public hospitals here. And the ones that are there are not funded, properly funded. And we all know that if you've been to a public hospital, not all of them, but you've seen them, especially in particular neighborhoods where people look a certain way or have a certain amount of money in their bank accounts or their rush cards if they can't afford a bank account. So why don't we have more public hospitals? Why are why are our public hospitals not funded the way they need to be? No, right. No, I, I was gonna say, Stanley, that's a great point. Like even when you think of Harlem Hospital, which is you know a few blocks away from us, like it has like a, a horrible reputation of taking care of patients, especially those who've been shot. Can I jump in for a second, Selena? So a couple of um, months ago, I actually hurt myself really bad and had to go to the hospital. And I remember I called Selena as I was leaving, and she goes. Uh, she goes, where'd you go? I go, Harlem Hospital. She goes, you went where? <laughs> and then a woman like who was in the street heard me. She goes, oh, they're only good for gunshots. And I told Selena what they gave me. The, the nurse looked at me for five minutes and was like, oh, you're young. You'll get over it. And just gave me a bunch of pills and <laughs> sent me on my way. I mean, and that's how the epidemic of addiction starts, which we'll get into <laughs> later on during the next segment. Yeah, yeah no, that's exactly what we're talking about. No, but I, I think that that's definitely an issue in our country where we, our hospitals are not funded um, yeah. properly. I mean, we've talked about other things that just don't get enough attention, whether that's um, education, infrastructure. I think that hospitals is something that's extremely important, but it's something that it doesn't seem like ta- enough tax dollars are going towards. Yeah. And I think that, again, that is why the Catholic Church has you know stepped in and done um, you, you know a, a commendable good deed by building so many hospitals across our country. We need them. And like, hold on. I don't want to shade Harlem Hospital because it's actually a pretty good hospital. It just has a really poor reputation. I was going to say, it yeah, they, they've done a service, but like they're like, you know, it's like the person who is like, who kills somebody, but mm-hmm. then they're like, oh, but I did all these good things. And it's <laughs> like, yeah, but you still killed somebody, right? Yeah. You know, like that's the same thing. It's like you can do all these good things and I get that and I appreciate that. But if you kill, if you killed somebody, you still killed somebody. And so like that's my other objective to it which is you can provide all these services and provide hospitals where there isn't but when you get in a situation where literally women are dying or yeah. women are getting pregnant because you didn't perform the tubal legotomy that you told them you were performing yeah. you didn't even tell them you didn't do the procedure or a woman ends up having to carry a fetus to term that is never going to survive and you don't even tell her that this that she's literally been carrying a fetus that for nine months that it lives for three hours after it's born like no mm-hmm. so like if you can't do the things that you're supposed to do as a hospital as a medical provider then you are not allowed to be a hospital and a medical provider and you know what so this is where i'll split with selena no you should lose your federal funds but to deal with that other problem which i agree would be a problem then we'd have to divert those federal funds into making sure that we opened up other public hospitals and to answer your question the reason why we don't have them is because taxes, right? This just goes back to the whole thing that we talked about last week when we talked about Kansas's voodoo economics. And if you want to hear that segment, check out our archives. But when you cut taxes, then you cannot provide services. And one of those services is education. And one of those services is roads. But one of those services is public hospitals. No, you're absolutely right. So guys, we do have to wrap this conversation up. But I, before we do that, I want to give some closing statements. I've been trying to think of something to title like my closing statements, because sometimes they're interesting. Most of the time they're plane crashes. But when they're good, they're good. So I'm thinking the final word, the final call. You guys help me out with that later on. But anyways, just just to get to the point of what we're talking about over here. We're having a conversation about an institution that was open to help people and provide services. The, the ultimate goal of a hospital is to keep people alive. Really simple. Whether that means like someone cut themselves, they need the band-aid so they don't bleed out. 
alive if you have a cold and you want something to stop sneezing so much alive um you got shot you need the bullet taken out you need some stitches alive you're pregnant you have a miscarriage and it's healthier to have an abortion than it is to let the baby just stay in in you until you reach all full nine months alive it is your responsibility to do that and as a doctor as a nurse as everyone there the ultimate goal should keep people alive and not barely alive or not partially alive or slightly healthy or able to stagger out or crawl out at the end of it but alive you do everything you can and everything you should do to make sure that everyone is healthy and your priority is always the person who is there not the person who could could be here in a better circumstance but is going to die an hour later not the person who we can debate whether it's a person or not because depending on what you believe in who you pray to or what books you read like that tells you where it stands not to whatever a larger institution has told you we are prioritizing the people who are here, the people that we know who are here, the people that we know who are important. And when you have an institution, religious beliefs aside, that puts the health the health at risk of millions of women every single day because of something that you believe that they may believe as well or may not, you are doing a disservice to everyone there. Because we've heard about Shamika, we've heard about Mindy, but you didn't hear about Jamie, who if she had another baby, she could die because she had a brain tumor. So she asked to get her tubes tied. They told her they would do it, and they didn't. So then she got pregnant afterwards. They don't tell you those stories. All they want to tell you are stories about these kids who get drunk and they have sex without a condom, and now they don't want to be responsible, so they go to, they go and beg for an abortion. But they don't tell you the stories about the woman who was raped, and she tried to carry the baby to term. But you know what? At this point, she knows she's going to have a miscarriage, and she miscarriages, and she has Two more months to go being pregnant, and the hospital says, well, you know what? You're going to have to do that. So now she's carrying a rape baby inside of her. The baby is also dead, but there's nothing she can do because she has no resources. She has no money, and the only hospitals around her are Catholic hospitals, which will not help her. And now she has to deal with two months of that. And you know what they won't offer her when that's all over? counseling they won't talk to her they won't hug her they won't help her get through that poor time they're just going to say well listen this is what we believe and these are the federal laws but we don't really care because this is what we believe and that is a dangerous precedence to have that is a very dangerous way to think about things and if we keep on going down this crazy dangerous road we will get to a point where guess what everyone will have something they believe in whether it's jesus christ or the base god as I like to joke in because religion is subjective Faith is subjective. Facts are not. With that, guys, we're going to go on a quick break. When we get back, it'll be the news roundup. We'll tell you about all the crazy things that have happened this week. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Yeah, I'm out at Brooklyn. Now I'm down in Tribeca right next to the 